Hello and welcome to the Exigen Podcast. In this series, Capstone, we'll be diving into the largest ever comparative utility study in lupus diagnostics. Here to do just that are our two guests, Dr. Deborah Zach, Chief Medical Officer for Exigen, and Tyler O'Malley, Director of Evidence Development for Exigen and co-author of the study. Join us as we explore the unmet need that prompted the study, the end results, and what these discoveries mean for both patients and providers. Dr. Zach, Tyler, welcome to the show. All right, so up till this point, we've really been able to go through the background of what led us to having um, capstone study conducted and then dove into the results and the methodology and everything that surrounds the study itself. So now we're just gonna take it one step further and we're gonna look at the application of the study. Tyler, if you don't mind starting us out, let's, let's look at the provider's perspective first. What does the capstone study or what do the results from the capstone study really mean for providers from an application point of view? The capstone study should provide uh, confidence to the providers when they seek to use the Avise connective tissue disease test or the Avise lupus test that it's based on a sound body of evidence. Um, and in particular, the capstone study helps to demonstrate the real world utility of the study uh, in terms of the ability of the test to facilitate or enable diagnosis and treatment in suspected lupus patients. Um, and importantly, that that is to a greater degree than uh, what is provided using more conventional testing methodology, just looking at ANA and autoantibody panels that are offered um, at a number of different institutions. So ultimately, this study should provide confidence to the provider that uh, the testing that they're working with is proven, and in many cases, is providing a economic benefit to the overall healthcare system along the way due to this superior accuracy that leads to decisive clinical action, both when the test comes back positive as well as when the test is negative. Yeah, I like that, the confidence that it provides them, especially because I think for most of us, when we think of ambiguous test results, we think of the frustration that the patients are probably feeling, but that frustration I'm sure is felt by providers as well. Um, Deb, do you have anything to add to what Tyler just mentioned in terms of how, the, how providers will be able to utilize the results of this test? I think he really summed it up well because um, it leads to a diagnosis more quickly, which of course is going to take some of that anxiety off for the patient um, as well as for the physician because physicians want to help their patients. They want to get them on something that's going to work. But if they, don't, if they don't have a clear diagnosis on which to base that treatment, it's difficult. So yeah, I think um, it... it clearly shows with the numbers of patients that were in this, um, that it is a good solution that's uh, a proven solution. For sure, and now that we're talking about patients, let's flip this coin, if you will. Um, Tyler, still looking at the application of this, kind of what this is, how this is going to affect people in, in the real world. Um, what does this study mean for patients who do test positive for lupus? The test results, when they do come back positive, while it may be initially an overwhelming experience, especially if the provider ultimately believes that the, the test is supporting a clinical diagnosis of lupus, 
it, it certainly is understandable that that may be daunting at first, but as Dr. Zach can, can attest to, and, and as she alluded to earlier, diagnosis in a rapid fashion is important in lupus, in part because uh, lupus is a disease that is chronic lifelong and can evolve over time. And so the sooner the patient can be appropriately treated, whatever that is for that individual, the better off they're going to be in the long term, particularly in light of the fact that lupus at its worst can lead to irreversible organ damage. And the sooner a provider uh, can intervene the appropriate therapeutics, the better off the patient is going to be ultimately in either delaying or hopefully in the best case, you know, preventing organ damage before it forces more drastic medical procedures up to and including, for example, uh, many lupus patients experience lupus nephritis, which can ultimately render the kidneys non-functional and and lead to uh, the need for a transplant. So lupus can be a very grave disease, but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it can be a very manageable disease for many of the patients if only they're diagnosed and treated promptly and appropriately. Yeah. So that really showcases the importance of just what you said, an immediate diagnosis, but not just one that's that's prompt, but one that's accurate. And so that's really kind of where the that confidence comes back into play, where this capstone has really showcased the utility of advice testing and how that really can impact patients and give them confidence in their diagnosis. But I want to hold on to that chain of thought because um, not every patient that takes an advice test gets diagnosed with lupus. In fact, there are almost a hundred different autoimmune diseases and a lot of them share very similar symptoms. So what impact did this study show on patients who used advice testing, but were not diagnosed with lupus? And maybe Tyler, if you want to continue this, uh, this train, and then we can get um, Dr. Zach's uh, thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so to your point, Clara, approximately 90% of the patients who are tested with the advised lupus or advised connective tissue disease test come back negative. And that's true both in what we see in the patients who are tested every day from the providers who uh, know and trust our tests and use it on their patients, but also as well as what we saw in the capstone study itself. And just as we, we talked about the importance of a decisive, accurate diagnosis of lupus where it's appropriate, there's also an important role to effectively rule out lupus, oftentimes as a stepping stone onto the path to whatever the patient's ultimate diagnosis may be. So many of these patients who, who come in ANA positive to the, the rheumatology office, their story or their journey may begin with suspected lupus but may ultimately end up with an entirely different diagnosis. And certainly we saw that in the capstone study in patients who tested negative being diagnosed with other conditions. Ultimately, we didn't go too far down the path to establish the other diagnoses that were made here in this study, keeping the focus primarily on ruling in and ruling out lupus. But it cannot be understated that a negative result is not a useless result, particularly if it helps the physician close the book on lupus and and train their focus on potential other explanations for the patient's symptoms uh, in pursuit of 
whatever is the appropriate treatment or potentially no treatment at all for that patient based on their individual signs and symptoms. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it kind of showcases that other side. Like you mentioned, I think so many times we hear negative results. And so we think, okay, well, that wasn't helpful information, but this really showcases that that's not the case. Um, So thank you for expanding on that. And I think you wrapped that up really nicely. But Zach, do you have anything to add in terms of the patient journey um, with advice testing? Yeah, I think that one of the nicest parts about the CTD test is that expanded group. So not only do you come in and say, well, it doesn't look like it's lupus, but the other markers can often identify something else that needs to be attended to. So from this, uh, there's really three different categories. One is that a person looks like they should be diagnosed as lupus. Another is there's enough hints with the other things that we include in that test that you get a pretty good second choice. You know, is it really scleroderma? Is it Sjogren's? Is it RA? That's coming in, you know, with the positive ANA, but is really one of these other categories that get tested differently. And and then the third possibility is, is truly completely negative which should raise a lot of the pressure off of those, uh, off of those individuals and um, keeps them away from the, um, the dangers of being put on high levels of corticosteroids or some other drug that could actually do them harm instead of good. Um, so it, it gives, it, it's a satisfying sense of relief, I think, for the patient and the physician, no matter which of those buckets they get put in. So many of these young women have come, have, have come in and they've gone to provider after provider after provider after provider, and they've been told it's all in their head, or it's just because they're depressed, or they had a bad day at work, or their husband yelled at them, or it's just because you have kids. And so you can imagine when they finally have someone who goes, yeah, I get it, and you probably have, are having this, this, and this, and I think you've got this, and there's something we can do about it, those pieces of it can just lead to a huge sense of, aha, finally, somebody believes me. Definitely. And I think you highlighted a key point when you said that, that, you know, a negative test could help prevent being put on the wrong therapeutic or the wrong medication potentially for a long period of time. And, you know, that in and of itself would bring on side effects. So that really helps hone in the point that this is both helpful on an immediate level, but also that it has that ripple effect. And that really brings me to the point, looking at the future of lupus diagnostics and autoimmune diagnostics, what impact do you think that the capstone study has on the way that these diagnostic tests will unfold from here on out? And maybe uh, Tyler, I could pick your brain on this one. Sure, Clara. So thinking about the future in terms of lupus diagnostics, we hope that this study provides a nice framework or roadmap for future studies in that the diagnostics world is always evolving. um, And something we pride ourselves on at Exogen is to always be very close to the cutting edge of research. And we do that through the relationships that we have with academic providers and looking at, you know, what's emerging in the literature to be able to understand what new tools may be available and potentially useful either to help rule in or rule out lupus. So ultimately, you know, we think that we've 
we've actually established a, a very robust and very meaningful way of interrogating really kind of three of the most important potential impacts of diagnostic testing in lupus. And that is, you know, the impact that these tests can have on, on time to diagnosis, on the physician's decision to treat uh, lupus with some of the drugs that, that Dr. Zach referenced, which, you know, it's not a, it's not a small decision to, to do something like that, given the uh, potentially toxic side effects these drugs can have, particularly when used for, you know, a longer, longer period of time. And also, and very important to understand too, is, and something we showed in the capstone study is the overall economic impact that the test can have on the larger health system. Because as I think we talked about in an earlier episode, there's ever more pressure on all stakeholders in the healthcare ecosphere to manage costs and to be good stewards of uh, the dollars that are spent on healthcare in the U.S. And we feel like this study really interrogates each of those questions very thoroughly and provides a comprehensive set of results that are meaningful, not just for how they define the impact of the advised lupus test, but how they define the impact relative to the main alternative uh, that's currently available. So from my perspective, I think this is a sound study design and something we can look at in the future as new technology emerges and as we look to stay ahead of what's coming in terms of new technology, new discoveries. Thanks, Tyler. That's an exciting way to look at the future. And Dr. Zach, if there was one thing that you would want people to take out of this study, what would it be? Not to be afraid of trying something new and to, and to really get the folks to start um, embracing some of the new things that come along. Just because we've done something that way for forever doesn't mean we can't open our minds and reach out and try a couple of new things. The addition of CB caps really helped, um, it is, is really helpful with the diagnosis of lupus as we've been talking about all this time. And um, actually, as you were, as you were talking, um, and I was thinking about you know, these new things that we're trying to develop and how we're gonna get um, physicians to utilize them too, because it's gonna take them stepping a little off the cliff to, to it really embrace them and to if they're found to have this kind of utility, um, they should embrace them. And as I was thinking about that, I actually thought about um, this little saying from when my kids were little popped into my head, um, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other is gold. And that's what we're gonna have to convince them to do is put the old stuff that's tried and true together with the new things that are emerging to get an ever better picture of lupus diagnostics and diagnostics for the rest of our autoimmune disease. And I know that that definitely provides a lot of challenges in adopting new technologies, but I think it really paints a picture of a hopeful future. It's not an easy path, but it's definitely worthwhile. And I know we still have a few more questions that will continue this series onwards, but for right now, I just wanna extend a thank you again to both of you. Thank you, Clara. Thank you, Claire. You have been listening to Exigence Podcast. 
For more information about Exogen, please visit the website at www.exogen.com.